Let's pray. Lord, you are worthy. You are so worthy. And Lord, I pray that you use your words today, Lord. I pray you use the final words of Moses. Lord, uh, pass along the legacy of faith to this church, though it's thousands of years later, Lord. The legacy of faith goes on from generation to generation. Your promise endures forever. So bless these people of God on their journey of faith today and open their hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I alluded, this is the last sermon I'm going to give about Moses. We've been at this about seven months. And it's a good time to reflect on what did we learn from all of this. You know, Moses takes the opportunity and he realizes he's got one last chance to tell the people of God what they should learn from all of this. The Lord tells them ahead of time, Moses, I'm about to bring you home. And so Moses knows that this is his last chance. As those are going to remember him, not even just those that are there, but I mean, we're sitting in Iowa thinking about this man's last words. And so I'm sure he gave it some serious thought of what, over 120 years this man lived, he thought, what do I want to pass on? What does God want me to say to future generations that they can look back on it as an anchor of faith on their journeys, wherever they take them? And so that's the challenge for you today is, what have you learned from Moses? Maybe you had a Moses moment over the last seven months that really stood out to you. I know one person said they, they were inspired to go serve in a new way at the church because they thought about Moses and his faithfulness. What's your Moses moment? Next week at the praise gathering, we're going to have open mic time where you could share a Moses moment. What did you learn? What has God done in your life this last year? And as we transition out of here after the praise gathering, we're going to go to the Faith Cafe and think about the last 50 years. What has God done? Those things are worth remembering, guys. That's why at the very end of everything Moses says, he says, therefore be strong and courageous as you move forward in faith. So today, we'll look at his last words, and we're going to turn to Deuteronomy 34, verse 1. Now Moses is about to climb up this mountain where the Lord is going to put him to rest. And before he does that, if you want to actually go three chapters earlier to chapter 31, Moses wraps some things up. He wraps up his affairs because he knows he's got a one-way trip to the top of that mountain. And so he puts his affairs in order. He says in verse 1 of chapter 31, he says, I am now 120 years old, and I will not be leading you anymore. And I will not be crossing the Jordan River to go with you on this next season of your journey. He says, Joshua will be going with you. 
And the Lord Himself will be crossing over ahead of you to lead the way for you. And then He says, So be strong and courageous, for God will not abandon you, and He will not forsake you. Later in chapter 31, He continues tidying up His affairs. And it says that He wrote all the words and instructions of the Lord into a book. And he put that book in what they call the Ark of the Covenant. It's a big golden box that they carried ahead of the people of God, wherever they went. That book is the first five books of our Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We've covered those last four, these last seven months journeying through with the people of God. And so they have this as a reminder of God's faithfulness ahead of them. And as the camp would move out, as the Ark of the Covenant containing their now Bible of the first five books would go ahead of them, they would announce, Arise, O Lord, and scatter your enemies ahead of us. And they would move out following the Lord's will for their lives with courage and with confidence. So he climbs up this mountain, and it says here, it's across from Jericho. Jericho has some big walls, as we're going to, if you read into Joshua. That's the closest thing to him. And so as we go to the next slide here, it says that the Lord showed him the whole land from this mountaintop. As you read through there, it pretty much covers all of Israel quite a view. And as they look out over this land that God is calling them to, I wonder what Moses felt. Think of how far he has come. His people were slaves in Egypt, and God told them, Moses, I have something for the people of God. And I'm sure there's a lot of moments along the way, maybe every time through the ten plagues, as the, each of the first nine, Pharaoh refused to let the people go. I wonder if every one of those moments Moses questioned, at least a little bit, saying, God, are you sure about this? And every time, I believe God reassured Moses' heart and saying, yeah, go back to Pharaoh. Continue on. Because good things are coming for the people of God. And so he pressed on. And as Pharaoh let him go, they were up against the Red Sea. And I bet he doubted, Lord, are you sure about this? God said, press on. And the sea parted. They made it to a wilderness with no food and water. And I'm sure he said, God, are you sure about this? God said, yeah. Move on. And God continued to provide for the people of God. And now, I'm sure it was filled with emotion as he was about to find his resting place. He looked out and he said, God, you did it. Here it is. He got to see it with his own eyes. The promise of God being fulfilled. I think it's a beautiful moment. 
beautiful gift that the Lord gave Moses to look with his own eyes to see how far they've come. Go to see verse 4 now. Oh, uh, go back to that view, sorry. So this is the view at Mount Nebo. and It shows this little sign there. It shows each of the directions, and it has those landmarkers from the Scriptures. right? If you want to look at where Judah is, look that way. You want to see um, the Mediterranean, look this way. It shows this map of the land that the Lord has brought them to. And Moses, I don't know how much time he had on that mountain to reflect. Another thing I'll note too is, given that he's 120 years old, and given that those in the wilderness that were disobeying the Lord weren't brought to the land, he very much was the last leaf on the tree of his generation. His brother and his sister had passed away already. So I thought he probably reflected about these people that he just left. The next generation, right? He probably felt the responsibility to pass that along to him before he left. So now we'll go to verse 4. The Lord had said to Moses on top of this mountain, he said, this is the land I promised. Here it is, right? It says, I promised it on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have, not, I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter your land, enter the land. So in other words, You've done your part, Moses. Now it's time to pass it along. I think, too, as he stood on that mountain and he saw these walls of Jericho, the scriptures say in Joshua that they were high. It's probably another reason that he starts the book of Joshua with be strong and courageous, right? He sees God's promise, but he also sees the season ahead of Israel. It's going to be a tough one too. They're going to need faith for it. Uh, verse 5 here. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, it's a good way to be remembered, the servant of the Lord, he died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him in a valley. But to this day, no one knows the exact place. It's a good time to reflect as we spent seven months following Moses. In a way, we were there at his birth, right? <laughs> we saw him born. We saw him saved through the Nile. We saw all the steps of his journey. And today, we say farewell. We say thank you, Moses, for your example of faith. We think about how he was no accident, that his birth and his death were all in God's view when God created Moses. He knew what those 120 years were going to include when he brought that man through that Nile. He knew what he had planned for him. God knows what is ahead of each person in this room. He knows your tomorrow as he knew your yesterday. But 
God was there at Moses' birth just as God was there at his death, walking hand in hand with him his entire life. It says, the Lord buried him. What happens to Moses after he's buried? You'll see later on, he's alive. That's the promise to anyone here whom the Lord buries. If you die in Christ, knowing him as your Savior, farewell is not farewell. Farewell is see you later. Amen. Verse 7, and you'll see here, we are covering every word of chapter 34, all right? So if you want to look at this later, you sure can. It says here, Moses was 120 years old when he died. It says, his eyes, yet his eyesight was clear. That term eyesight could mean your perception of things. Mentally, he was with it. And it says he was as strong as ever. There's a word there that talks, it's almost our youth. He was still had his strength. I love that till his last breath, he continued the journey of faith serving the Lord for 120 years. There's a, another man named Caleb. He was one of the scouts that we looked at last week that scouted out the land. He kind of reminds me of Moses because at the end of Caleb's life, which Caleb was a man living by faith, at the end of his life in Joshua 14, he's now an old man and he tells Joshua, he goes, I'm old, I know, but I can still fight like I could when I was young. I'm ready to take the land. I'm ready to do the next thing. Let me at it. And I was on a conference uh, Zoom call with somebody in his 70s this last week he coaches and mentors pastors. And he tells me, he goes, I've got a PhD in availability. <laughs> you let me know. If you're in that tough spot, you just reach out to me. And he's mentoring young pastors. He wasn't even a pastor himself. He was a basketball coach for many years, an elder at his church for many years. And as he got older, he realized, Lord, I'm available. I have a PhD in availability. Where do you want me? And he realized people aren't reaching out to young pastors. And he said, all right, I'll go there. I'll be there for them. I respect that. There's people in this room that are like that. And I want you to know I respect you. Because you're following the faith of Moses, of Caleb. You're following what God has called you towards. And if you're like this guy I met with this last week, you're having some fun doing it. Because you know the excitement. God is still using you. That God has prepared tomorrow for you. For the next person that you can reach out to. The next person you can bless. Go to verse 8. So the people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. So these people have 30 days to sit down and think, what does Moses mean to me? 
What do these 120 years mean to me? And they were given the book that Moses had written so they could reflect on those scriptures. What does this mean for 30 days? We're we're taking 30 minutes this morning, all right? But it's all recorded in there. You can take longer than that to reflect on Moses' life. Moses did a few other things before he left. He wrote a song. That's in chapter 32. He gives some blessings in 33. He commissions Joshua to take over. He did a good job passing the legacy of faith along to the next generation. Verse 9, please. It says, Now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. And so the people of Israel obeyed Joshua, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So part of the way Moses did things in setting up the next leader and giving them this book was that the people obeyed him as to the Lord. They knew what the Lord's instructions were, and that's what they were going to follow. It didn't matter if it was Moses or Joshua. The word of God has power no matter whose lips it's on, and that's what the people are dedicating themselves to. They're doing it just as the Lord had commanded. They're following his commands, his words to the people. At this point in the nation of Israel, God is king over the people. And as God is king over his people, there's peace for the people of God. Verse 10. Now we get to three verses in a row, which ends up being... Now, no one knew the place where Moses was buried, right? So there's no tombstone to write the epitaph. But here you see three things. It's a tombstone in ways. And this is the end of the book, guys. This closes it out. The last book here of Deuteronomy, the last chapter, the last verses, this closes it out. This is how Moses is remembered. This is what it should mean to you. And the first one is, it says, There's never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. So if you're taking notes, we're going to write down three things to remember, to be remembered by. And the first one that I hope is on my tombstone is that it says, He knew the Lord. That's first in order, and that's first in importance. That comes first. He knew the Lord. He didn't know about the Lord. He didn't recite facts about the Lord. He knew the Lord face to face. The New Testament, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, Now we see the Lord as through a mirror, but then we shall see him face to face. Our God is a personal God. And if he's not personal to you, you're going to have a blank on your tombstone. Do you know the Lord? If not, you can know him right now. He stands at the door and knocks. The 
Second thing, verse 11. So not only did Moses know the Lord, which we have to give some credit back to September, he came to know the Lord because some midwives disobeyed Pharaoh and because his parents disobeyed Pharaoh. There's people ahead of him that helped him know the Lord. And he's passing that on in this second part because the Lord sent him then to others. It says the Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. So the second thing you can write down to aim to be remembered by is that you were sent, that you were sent by God. You might call that you've been called. You have a calling. And that looks a little different for each of us. But it's the same purpose, which is to continue the wave of faith. And we do that in all sorts of different ways. God has called you. And it doesn't end when you're 70. It ends when you're 120. (laughs) And the Lord brings you home. That's when it ends. You think about when Moses was before that burning bush. And he got that calling from the Lord. Saying, okay Moses. Now go. Because there's an enemy of God with a harsh hand that is oppressing people in slavery and will not let them go unless a stronger hand forces him. And so therefore Moses put his hand in the hand of Almighty God and struck a blow to Pharaoh that released the captives free to start their journeys of faith. So Moses was called. He was sent by God. Third one we see in verse 12 is that Moses obeyed. It's one thing to receive a calling. It's another to go do that year after year. And here Moses obeyed till his last breath. It says, With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. You could look at that as he performed wondrous, magnificent, supernatural, things that can only be explained by the hand of Almighty God. That kind of power surged through his life towards other people to his joy and to his neighbor's good. He lived out commitments of love. That's how we want to be remembered, right? That we did that to the very end. And that life, that tombstone of Moses that's recorded here in chapter 34, so to speak, As people look back on that, not only then, but also now, it should give us courage to say, you know what? God was faithful to Moses. 
I want to live like that. I want to live faithful back to God through his power. And next week, we're going to have the founding pastor, Faith Baptist, here. And we're going to hear from other pastors that have pastored here. I want you to listen to them. They tell you what's important after years of reflection. I want you to consider the way they lived their life and what they gave it to. I want you to make the decision to do that as well. And find courage from their testimonies. Because I'm pretty sure each of them have faced some tough times. And yet they'll stand up here and say, Faith Baptist Church, God has been faithful. And he will continue to be faithful. Next slide, please. So if you turn to Matthew 9, I wanted to show you one slide of Scripture to wrap up this morning. And this is on the theme of God continuing to be faithful. I want you to think about where Moses is. Previously, we read that he was buried in the plains of Moab. But I want you to know he's not there right now. He's with Jesus. And so, chapter 9. Go to the verses here. So as Jesus was praying on top of a mountain, he took James, John, and Peter up. The verses just prior to this, if you look in the Bible, Jesus said, some of you will not die before you see the kingdom of God in its fullness, in its glory. And so then the next verse, Peter, James, and John go with Jesus on top of a mountain. And as Jesus was praying, the appearance of Jesus' face was transformed. His clothes became dazzling white. And two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. It says they were glorious to see. What is Moses doing in the Gospel of Luke? I'll tell you what he's doing. He is alive in glory with Jesus. That's what he's doing. For those that know Jesus, right? First things first. You're going to be alive with Jesus in glory. Moses has proven that right here. We're going to have praise gathering next week. And Pastor Dave share the week after that. And I'll be back on Easter. All right? Because as it continues, it says they were speaking about Jesus' exodus from this world, which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. 
And on Easter, I'm going to tell you about what was fulfilled in Jerusalem that makes it possible for each person, including Moses, to be with God forever in glory. Amen? The journey of faith is not a farewell. The journey of faith is forever. And that's why next week we'll be focusing on faith forever. Because the journey doesn't stop. It doesn't stop when you're 70. And it doesn't stop when you're 120. Moses is alive. Most importantly, it's because we'll see on Easter, Jesus is alive. And that is why Moses is alive. That is why each of you can be truly alive starting today. You don't have to wait till heaven before you can see the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is on the move. And there's an open invitation to be a part of it. God wants to know you. He wants to send you. He wants you to obey so that others can be set free. That is the wave of faith that is extending to the ends of the earth. That's a promise in the first chapter of Acts. It will go to the ends of the earth. That is the wave that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That is the wave. We can go into enemy territory and the walls of Jericho will fall down. We can go into enemy territory and the gates of hell cannot withstand us and we can take people out of the kingdom of darkness through the gospel. They can be transferred into the kingdom of light so that they can live forever. I want that for you. I want that for them. God is on the move. As the Narnia Chronicles say, Aslan is on the move. There's anticipation with that as the kingdom of God is coming. And we do that as as Hebrews 11 shares. It was by faith that Moses made his journey. And I know each of you, it's by faith You made it through this last week and what's going on in your life. I know that it's by faith you are getting through today. And I know it is by faith you will get through tomorrow. By faith you will live forever and it will be glorious to see. As the scripture says, no eye has seen, no mind has perceived what God has in store for those who love him. It's going to be glorious to see. If you agree with that, church, please say amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we say farewell to the scriptures on Moses, we see that it is forever that you reign and forever that we get to be with you. 
Lord, Jesus, thank you as you made your exodus from earth. You didn't just part a Red Sea, but you broke the chains of death. You broke the chains of sin. You broke the chains of Satan. You broke the chains of hell. And you've opened the door to your kingdom. May we walk boldly and with courage through that door as a church. In Jesus' name. Amen.